Hello, and welcome back to Don't Depend on Daddy, the podcast. This is our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. It's been a while since I've sat down at the mic just because I have been traveling over the last couple of weeks. I was home for the holidays, and so I pre-recorded a ton of episodes. But today, I'm super excited to be back. We are going to be talking all about how to go through your own personal career reset. So I've got my script up ready to go. A couple of things. We're going to move into housekeeping. First and foremost, there are going to be some changes coming to the podcast this year. Nothing crazy, really just a little bit more structure that I'm introducing to the podcast. I also am going to start bringing on more guests, having some new series that we're going to integrate throughout the year. So I'm super, super excited for that. Um, A few examples of that. So structure wise, now and starting today in this episode, I'm going to be introducing a couple of weekly segments, I believe is what they're called. So first is going to be a money resource of the week. And then second is going to be a more formal, like personal update. In the past, a lot of my episodes have sort of just been me rambling a little bit at the beginning, which some of you guys like, but I know that that is not something that everybody wants to hear per se, so I'm going to do my best to give you guys who are regular listeners to the podcast the life updates that I share anyways all the time, but we're also going to be adding in like a money resource and that kind of thing just because I always have different like articles or books or podcasts that I'm listening to. And I feel like why not share that with you guys? As always, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you go leave me a review. It will be very, very helpful. I have a lot of goals for the podcast. I actually spent some time last week during my think week, which I vlogged for YouTube so you can go and check it out. But I actually spent some time last week planning out the podcast strategy a little bit further. So really thinking about how I can optimize the podcast in terms of content creation, introducing new series, like I mentioned. So an example of that is a career series that's going to be coming, bringing on more guests. So inclusive with a career series means there are going to be guests coming on talking about their career. How can I plan all of that and integrate it into the normal flow of things? Um, Another series that I have is my monthly Q&A. And that's going to continue throughout 2023. And then I also took some time to think about structure of the podcast. So for anybody who's curious, the structure of the podcast, I have a nice in-depth script here, is my intro and housekeeping. So what we're doing right now, getting into the money resource of the week, my personal update, we'll get into the bulk of the episode, and then we will wrap things up. So That is going to be the structure going forward. Hopefully it provides some clarity for anybody who's listening to this. If you want to skip ahead to just the bulk of the episode, you can and skip like the resource and the personal update or the housekeeping because I do say the same things every single week in terms of housekeeping just because you never know when you have a new listener who hasn't heard the spiel yet. But for those regular listeners, I understand it can feel a little repetitive. So all that being said, my usual housekeeping. It's the new year, it's 2023. There has never been a better time to choose a budgeting tool and get your financial act together. I did an entire planning series on my Instagram and on my TikTok. So if you don't have a financial plan for this year and you want to put one together, check out the financial planning series. But if you are in the 
works, I guess, or in the market for a new budgeting tool, obviously check out the personal finance dashboard. You can always get the PFD on sale for $10 off using the code podcast one. That is a living code. I only talk about it on my podcast. I don't share it anywhere else. I don't tell anyone that it's anywhere else. So only people who listen to the podcast get that code. The code is podcast one. And don't forget to, you can also enroll in the four week financial plan. I don't have a sale code for that. Maybe I'll make one for the podcast. And there's never been a better time to enroll in that course to get the PFD and to get your finances together this year. The next thing is leaving a review. So if you enjoy this podcast, please leave me a review. A goal of mine last year was to be really consistent with the podcast, which I did get a podcast episode up every single week of 2022. I did not miss a week. Going into 2023, my goal is to grow the podcast. So I've got a whole library of episodes. We're taking the podcast a little bit more seriously. When I was thinking about where I wanted to lean in this year. I really wanna lean in on long form content on YouTube, so that's my podcast, my YouTube channel, and then also um, my email newsletter. Those are sort of the areas I'm focusing on growing this year. I would love to sign with a podcast network so that I can bring you guys better content, and in order to do that, my podcast needs to grow. So if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please go leave me a review. A written review is wonderful. Share the episode, tell your friends. It really, really, really helps. So that is the housekeeping. Um, I won't make the housekeeping as long in future episodes, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit of background just because it's been a while since we've caught up. Next is the money resource of the week. So I touched on this a couple of minutes ago, but just to be clear on what you can expect from this. So essentially, I call it a money resource. It may be like a career resource or a side hustle resource or something. Just sort of depends what I have going on that week. But basically, I do a lot of reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of articles. I follow a lot of finance creators. And I just consume a lot of personal finance content and I want to give you guys something that you can turn to if you're looking for a little bit more. So this week, my money resource of the week is the book Financial Adulting. And I'm sharing that because it's also the book club book for the month of January. So if you didn't know, I run a book club for Break Your Budget, it's totally free. We actually put it on pause for December just because December was a crazy month and everyone's focused on like New Year's resolutions and whatever and the holidays and reading probably wasn't your first priority. But for January, we are bringing it back and the book of the month is Financial Adulting. So make sure you join the Facebook group, it'll be linked in the description if you want to participate or get the updates. I used to share the updates on my Instagram, but I am not going to do that formally anymore. I may here or there post book club updates, but really the book club is going to be for the Facebook group. So join the Facebook group. Again, it's totally free. There's no obligation or anything that comes along with that. Just a place to communicate with other people who are reading the book or like-minded people if you want to make new friends or, you know, whatever, just meet other people in the community. And I did start Financial Adulting. It's really good. It's basically just like a back to basics personal finance book. I think it's going to be an excellent book to have in your money library, we'll call it. I've accumulated a lot of personal finance books over the years and I now get finance books and just career books and books in general sent to me. But Financial Adulting was one that was actually mailed to me and it's been on my list for a while because 
after like flipping through it, I can just tell it's very comprehensive. There's a lot of information in there and I am excited to read it, digest it, and give you guys the insights. So make sure you join the Facebook group if you want to, you know, get those updates and get the book because I think it's going to be a really good one. Moving into the next segment here, my personal update. So it's been about a month since I have actually given you guys any sort of recent update on my life here on the pod. Essentially, over the last three weeks, I had been traveling home. I went home for the holidays a week early because my sister got married. Woohoo! And it was really, really amazing. We went up to Vermont for her wedding. It was the weekend before Christmas. It was literally a winter wonderland. I shared a couple of pictures of her on my Instagram, but she looked really great. Uh, the whole wedding itself was amazing. Everything went off without a hitch. And I have been someone, if you've been a longtime listener, who gets on this mic and shits on weddings because honestly, like for me personally, they're not for me. I do hope to get married one day. I will not be having a big wedding. It's not what I want, not what I want to spend my money on. Um, but this wedding, it wasn't super big. It was like a hundred people and everything about it was just awesome. Everybody had such a great time. It really reminded me that maybe I don't have such a cold, dark heart and I can enjoy a wedding. Um, but I had a really wonderful time. My sister and my new brother-in-law are so happy and it was just fantastic. So that's the wedding update. If you are curious, I did actually have my sister come on the podcast last April and she talked about her wedding budget and I talked about how to budget for being in a wedding party, like if you are a bridesmaid or a groomsman or something. So there is some wedding um, planning content back from 2022. I'd recommend going to listen to it because she talked through like what the things were that were most important for her, what they spent the bulk of their wedding budget on, how they tracked things and all of that. So if you are planning a wedding this year or next year, or you're getting engaged, or you're just in that phase of life where all of your friends are getting married and you're going to be in a wedding and you're traveling for weddings and whatever, that's a really great episode to go listen to. Also on the personal update side, last week I went through a think week and I did vlog it all for YouTube. So if you're curious about what that entails, it was on my YouTube channel. But for the time being, I'll just give you guys like my thoughts heading into the new year and what the whole think week thing was. Basically, I wanted to set aside some intentional time during the week between Christmas and New Year's, which is usually when, you know, a lot of people are off work. So I knew I wasn't going to be getting a ton of emails and I was traveling, like coming back to LA after being at home. So I really just dedicated last week to getting my act together, I guess. Like I wanted to set some business goals. I created a new planner for myself. Like I wanted to get organized. I didn't accomplish everything that I wanted to during my think week, but I was pretty productive. I did a lot of decluttering once I got back to LA. Like I cleaned up my whole room. I got rid of a bunch of clothes and stuff and my roommate and I went to Goodwill and we cleaned out our apartment and everything. So I'm feeling really fresh and like refreshed physically. I am still feeling a little bit overwhelmed just in general with all of the goal setting and intention setting and everything that I haven't done yet. So 
I did a little bit of goal setting for my business, but I still don't feel like I took enough time to dive deep and like set direction on everything that I want to do. So I am going to be spending more time during the month of January doing that. I think it's a really important reminder that you don't have to do all of your goal setting, vision boarding, resetting and everything for the new year during this first week of January or even last week leading up to the new year, you can use a couple of weeks to just reset your life. I think it's really normal to feel overwhelmed during this time and to think that if you don't do everything right now, then basically the year is a wash. Why even do it? But I'm personally taking January and the entire month of January to go through this whole process in detail. And I think if you haven't reset your life in a while or just like reflected on the last year and set goals for the new year, to think that you can do it in just one day isn't super realistic. I think it's really important to set the time and the space and the energy to do it correctly. And sometimes that means that it's going to take you a couple of weeks. It's going to take you some time to actually find the time to do it. So just as a reminder, if you haven't done all of that yet, or if you're feeling behind or you're feeling overwhelmed, you're not alone in that. I'm feeling the same way, but I'm giving myself the space to do it right. So this week, I'm taking some time to go through and create my financial plan. Next week, I'm going to go and spend some more time diving deep on my business. I really want to get to a place in January where I have clear goals, a clear plan for everything, for my business, for my finances, for just my personal life. I want to feel like I've taken the right amount of time to actually do all of that and just empty everything out of my brain because ever since September, really around the time where my dog passed away, which I'm still very sad about, um, I haven't talked about it at all on here, but like it's one of those things that I don't think I'm ever going to get over it. Even being home and having the reminders of him everywhere was really hard for me. But ever since that happened, I just felt like I haven't been able to get back into a groove. I felt super reactive and that I just, you know, can't get ahead. And so January, I'm taking a step back from doing new things, from brand partnerships and everything and doing a lot of behind the scenes business work and just resetting work in general. So if you haven't done all of that yet, don't worry. I would say take the entire month of January so that you can do it right and set the tone for the new year. And that's not to say that you can't take action during January, obviously do that. But like if you haven't taken time to really list everything out, strategize all the things you wanna do, make your vision board the way that you want it to be, don't worry about it. You have plenty of time. So. That is the personal update here. And now let's get into the bulk of today's episode. So today's episode is going to be a career reflection and how to reset your career for the new year. So for me at this point, it's been about nine months since I quit my job. Going into 2023 is my first full year working for myself. I mean, hopefully full year. I don't plan to go back to corporate this year or really ever, but I guess you never know what the year could hold. But my intention is that this is going to be my first full year working for myself as like an entrepreneur or business owner. And, you know, I think 
it's been a while too since I've been giving you guys like an update on how things have been going and everything. So we're gonna talk about that today and then we're gonna go through how to set career goals for the new year, how to task track and implement some career systems in 2023, how to set boundaries at work, and then, you know, little tasks like updating your resume and that kind of stuff at the end. So lots of good stuff coming in the rest of this episode. So to start, I'm gonna do a little break your budget reflection on 2022. So I do have a full podcast episode where I talk about why I quit my job, how I quit my job, all of the details, and there's a little bit of tea related to that from last year. So if you're curious about my corporate job situation leading up to Break Your Budget, go listen to that podcast episode. But what I wanna talk about now is like how things have been going ever since leaving my job, since I've been doing Break Your Budget full-time for about nine months. Truthfully, it feels like I've been doing Break Your Budget full-time forever. Like the fact that it's only been nine months kind of blows my mind. Last year to me feels like a fever dream because I was doing pretty well while I was working my corporate job, but obviously mentally I was having a hard time. Like I was just really overwhelmed and busy and I felt like I had no time to myself. Once I left my job and I had more time to focus on Break Your Budget, so many things about my platform itself completely changed. First, I grew on Instagram and just on socials in general a ton. And, you know, having higher exposure was really, really helpful. I had a couple of really, really, really good months leading up to the summer financially, and everything was going really well. During the summertime, I went into a little bit of a creative funk. I think I rode the high of like all of the momentum that came from quitting my job for about two or three months. And then the end of June into July sort of hit hard. You know, in the summertime, a lot of people aren't as focused on their finances as, you know, they are during other periods of the year, just because you're traveling, you're enjoying your time outside, like maybe you're taking time off of work. Like it's just not really a time where you're thinking about money super deeply. And so I had a little bit of a lull, I guess, in terms of my business. Like I still did well, but I wasn't doing as many sales and, you know, I was relying more on brand deals and whatever. And I ended up, you know, repivoting that focus towards the end of the year into planning content for 2023. Things picked up again, you know, with Black Friday and the end of the year. And I ended up 2022 financially, like, quadrupling my income from what I made in 2020, 2021, if I could count. So financially, I did really, really well this year. The challenge, I guess, that I'm facing moving into 2023 is a lot of my income from last year, I would say probably about half, came from brand deals. And that's really great. But I don't want to do a ton of brand deals anymore. I obviously have like my recommendations that I have and I have different brands that I'll work with on a longer term basis. And I hope to continue doing that into 2023. But what I want to get away from is one-off deals. And it's a hard thing to do just because the money is really good. But I find that with brand deals, there's just so much pressure for a post to perform a certain way. And when it comes to working with financial brands and financial products, like 
it requires a lot more advertising, I guess, or like I need to be showing the product more times than just once for there to actually be any type of conversion because people are skeptical as they should be. I would be too. Like to download any sort of financial app or any sort of financial product requires you to put in personal information and think about your entire financial picture. And for a brand to expect conversion on that after one video to me is unrealistic. And so I just didn't really like that dynamic throughout the year. And the money was good, but I want my business in 2023 to be like 75% my business, my income. So my templates, my courses, all of that kind of stuff. And then like 25% to be brand deals. And so in order to make that switch, and not just brand deals, like sponsored content as a whole, in order to make that switch, it is a little bit challenging. I'm pretty nervous about it because I'm worried like, oh, maybe my income won't be the same. And you know, all of those things, but it is something that I'm working on getting into 2023. And to do that, I'm testing new things. So like I'm testing out group coaching, I'm testing out hosting masterclasses and sort of seeing what I align with and what works best for me. What do I enjoy doing so that I can give you guys the best experience possible. Personally, I love digital products. Like I love being able to create a course or create a template and then advertise it and sell it over and over and over again. It requires way less, not energy, but just doing calls like group coaching and masterclasses is a lot of emotional energy just because again, I want the consumer, you guys, or whoever's joining to have the best experience that they can. Whereas with the digital product, it's a lot of energy to create it but then it's a lot easier to advertise it. And when I think about the nature of my business and how much goes into actually creating products and whatnot and advertising products and creating content, also doing coaching and other things that require so much energy is just very, very draining, especially because I'm always on video, I'm doing YouTube, like there's just so many things. So what I'm trying to figure out for 2023 is what works best for me in terms of my energy, alignment, what do I enjoy doing and where's the ROI on that financially, but also with building my community and where you guys are getting something out of it too. So that I guess is the little reflection um, on Break Your Budget. Overall, 2022, like was the most successful year of my life career-wise, not only from a financial perspective, but just for me really finding myself and figuring out what I love to do. I love doing Break Your Budget. I love being able to help people change lives, teach people things that maybe you didn't learn in school, and just it's been the most rewarding time of my life literally ever, and I hope that I can do it forever. You know, there were a lot of things that came across my plate last year that I could have never imagined ever in my life. And there are some really cool things coming up this year. And I hope that life surprises me in the same way in 2023 as it did in 2022. I'm going in to this year really under the notion that like anything can happen. There's so much opportunity out there. And I hope that my experience at least sets an example or inspires you if you are someone who struggles in your job or you have a side hustle and you want to make it your full-time job that you can and i'm just a regular normal person who got out of my own head and started posting on social media and it's turned 
into my entire life, basically. It's completely changed my financial trajectory. It's completely changed how I approach work. It's given me so much more validation and like happiness than I ever could have imagined. So hopefully that's inspiring and like is your sign if you've been looking for one to start doing your own thing, start the side hustle, if that's something you wanna do. If that's not something you wanna do, obviously there's never any pressure to do it. And that I think is a good turning point into the next section of this episode, which is gonna be a career reset. And so obviously everyone who listens to this is in a different career path, whether you work a nine to five, you do freelance, you work for yourself. So everything I'm gonna talk about really applies to everything. I am gonna frame it up though in the context of working a corporate job, but just keep in mind that the lessons and the things that I say, you can apply to working freelance or doing your own thing. You just need to kind of like think a step further and be like, okay, you know, maybe I don't have a manager, so how can I apply this in my own scenario? So I'm gonna preface it with that. That being said, we're gonna move into setting career goals at work, again, in the context of a nine to five, but also applicable to other areas of your career or other career paths if that is your life. Also same too with like, I've gotten a lot of questions lately about people who maybe work in the healthcare field or like they're a nurse or a teacher or something. So, you know, they're employed by somebody else, but they may not have a nine to five job. You have to think in the context of your own experience. So as a nurse, for example, you're not going to be setting the same goals of like, I would imagine project-based goals like you would in a corporate job. But maybe you have a goal to, you know, become a different type of nurse or get a job working in a different part of the hospital or go back for your master's degree or something. So think about it again in the context of your situation. I don't work in the medical field, so I have no idea how that works. I cannot provide that insight but I'd encourage you to think critically here and use your life experience and sort of frame up these teachings within, again, your life. So with that, let's actually get into it. So career goals, whether you like your job or not, and whether you plan to stay at your job this year or not, setting goals for your career and for your job specifically is so incredibly important because it provides motivation and direction for what you're doing. I completely understand and can empathize with working in a job that you do not like and feeling like I don't have any goals to set because I freaking hate what I'm doing right now and the idea of staying here for even another month makes me wanna die. Totally been there, done that. That being said, having goals will give you something that you are not only working towards but hopefully help you figure out what your next step is going to be. So reviewing your goals as well and setting them for the next year is how you're gonna get from where you are currently to where you wanna be, whatever that looks like. So setting goals really provides clarity, direction, motivation in your career. It's very likely that your team that you work on and your company have goals for 2023 and you're gonna wanna make sure that some of the goals that you set in your job for this year ladder up to the goals of the company and the goals of your team. So if you have a manager, make sure you incorporate your manager into your goal setting process and you communicate with them so that you have guidance on what to do for setting appropriate goals for your role. 
And another thing that I want to say here too is to make sure that you set goals for your career outside of your role specifically. So there are three types of goals and I'm going to read through the definitions of them. I've sort of came up with this framework on my own, um, but I'm sure there are other iterations of this that exist out there. So there are three types of career goals that you should be thinking about setting. First are role-specific goals. So these are the actual performance goals that you need to set for your specific role. You need to work through these with your manager. So this is an example of like, a goal that you'd want to set that ladders up to a team goal that then ladders up to a company goal. If you work at any company, any corporate company, specifically like tech companies or big four companies or like big, huge uh, corporations, they for sure have some sort of framework that you have to follow where your goal ladders up to a team goal that ladders up to, you know, maybe a division goal that ladders up to a company goal in order to move the company forward. Um, there are people who set those goals for you and then everything trickles down to your manager. So you need to make sure you are communicating with your manager around what these role-specific goals are going to be. These are generally the goals that you'll be measured against in your performance review. So getting these right is super important. The next type of goal that you should set is development goal, a development goal. So this could be both at your job and outside your job. It doesn't need to just be on the job development. So think about if there are any new skills that you wanna learn. Do you need to learn something new in order to get a new job? So maybe you wanna pivot careers or you just wanna pivot into a new type of role within the same industry and maybe you need to learn a different skill. So like, let's say you work in tech and you currently work in marketing, but you wanna work in I don't know, strategy and the skill you need to learn is Excel. Okay, so you can take an Excel class. That would be an example of a development goal. Think about how you can utilize the resources that are already available to you in your job in order to learn something new. So a lot of times companies will have trainings that they offer or they'll have access that you can utilize to like LinkedIn learning or a place like Skillshare or you know, you can get a mentor, they have mentor programs or something. So talk to your manager, talk to your peers, talk to the leader of your team, whoever, and see if there are trainings or courses or, you know, any type of material that's available to you that you can enroll in or use or utilize in order to learn a new skill or develop a new skill on the job. But also think about skills that maybe you want to learn outside of your job. So I'll use an example again as myself. So I worked in finance when I worked corporate, but I was working on my side hustle on the side and I never got any formal training in like marketing or copywriting or, you know, design or any sort of like digital graphics or anything like that. So I paid and I still pay for a Skillshare membership and I use a tool like Skillshare. This isn't sponsored at all to actually like take small courses, easy courses that are like low, like low effort, not a lot of skin in the game. If I don't like it, I can just quit it and find a different one um, to learn new things. So I use Skillshare to learn how to do copywriting. I used Skillshare to learn how to use Canva. Now, as a business owner, I'm actively looking for different courses to help my development. So I recently purchased a course by Justin Welsh called the Content Operating System, where he goes through his framework for creating 
core content that he then disperses into other content. That's a skill that I want to develop. So I'm going to invest in a course for it. Same with writing. Writing and copywriting is a big focus of mine for this year. So I'm planning, I haven't yet to purchase a course by a guy named Dan Coe, where he has like this two hour writing system that he does and teaches in the course. So think about skills that you want to develop and how can you find the resources, whether they're paid or free or provided by your company in order to learn those new skills. If you are feeling unfulfilled at your job or you're feeling lost or directionless at work, learning a new skill can give you what you need to find the direction and reinvigorate your career. So don't underestimate the power of setting development goals and really thinking about what you want to learn and where you want to be within the next six to 12 months. The last type of goal is an income goal. And this is a goal that like, again, could be related to your job, could be related to having a side hustle, starting a business, whatever. But our career obviously is directly correlated with our income. And what plans do you have to increase your income this year? You know, we're moving into a recession or we've been in a recession that's up for debate, but the economy is, you know, dicey currently. And so it's really expensive to exist. Prices are continuing to go up. Inflation is rampant. There's a lot of economic uncertainty and the best defense that you can have to protect yourself, to protect your finances is to find ways to increase your income. So that could be getting a new job that you get paid more money, getting a promotion at work and setting yourself up to get a promotion at work this year. So that means planting the seeds, starting to task track, which we'll talk about, or it could be starting a side hustle. So whether that means you wanna start a skill-based side hustle, like starting a business, or you wanna do a low to no skill-based side hustle. So that could be like driving for Uber or WAG or walking dogs or whatever, something that doesn't require you necessarily to invest time into learning a new skill or developing a new skill, that would be like a low to no skill side hustle. Not in a way that's like meant to be offensive or anything, it's just how you distinguish the two. So what are your income goals for 2023 and what do you want your income to look like? So if you're not getting paid what you want, maybe that means you need to get a new job or you need to get a promotion or ask for a raise. If you want to increase your income outside of your job, think about side hustles, but really sit down and think about how you're gonna change your income in 2023 if you are in a position where you want to increase it, which most people are. So that would be my career goal reset for you. So really think about the role specific goals that you wanna set, development goals that you wanna set, and then income goals that you want to set for this year. I'd recommend setting maybe like one to two for each. For your role specific goals, you may have more depending on where you work. So again, make sure you're sitting down with your manager and communicating with them clearly about what the expectations of you are, what the action plans are for you to actually reach those goals. The next thing we're gonna talk about here is task tracking and systems. So I obviously am a huge advocate for systematizing everything you can. I have financial systems, I have content planning systems, I have business systems, and you know, systems at work, so task tracking and really keeping track of everything you have going on, that's a system. And this is something that's always controversial when I post about it on TikTok or Instagram. Every time I talk about task tracking at work in the level of detail that I personally recommend you go into and that what I 
the level of detail that I went into when I was working corporate, everybody always gets mad about it because they think it takes too much time or it's a waste of time or whatever. Think whatever you want, okay? I'm not gonna sit here and tell you what to do. What I am gonna do is tell you that if you do this, you will see a difference. You will be able to advocate for yourself and you will feel more confident in your career. So take that with a grain of salt, do whatever you want, but here is what I recommend. So task tracking has so many benefits and I'm gonna go through a very long list of what task tracking can do for you. First, it ensures that the work that you do is aligned with the goals that you set. So if you are you know, walking into walls at your job, you need to start task tracking to make sure the work that you have on your plate actually makes sense for the role that you are in, the role that you were hired to do and the goals that you set. If there is no alignment because maybe the scope of your role changed or you know you have a crappy manager, if you're not writing that down and paying attention to it, nobody's gonna help you. You need to make sure what you're doing aligns with the goals you're setting so that you can put yourself in a position to become an invaluable resource at work and also set yourself up for a promotion or set yourself up to find a new job. The next benefit of task tracking is identifying the value associated with your work. So sort of leaning on to number one, the work you're doing needs to provide value to the company for you to be an asset and for you to have some sort of ROI for the company on what they're paying you to be there. So not every single task that you do is going to have real tangible value, but you need to be able to think about, okay, I'm spending eight hours a day pulling this report. What is this report doing for the company? Is it valuable? Is it valuable to anyone? If it's not, you probably need to reevaluate your workload and what you're spending your time on. And that's a conversation you have with your manager. But if you don't take the time to go through this process and think about it, you will be, again, walking into walls, wasting time at work. It's not worth it. The next benefit of task tracking is keeping an ongoing to-do list. Something that I always had a hard time with at work specifically, and I still struggle with this, is you know, prioritization, time management, and not forgetting to do things. So once I had a system for tracking everything that I had to do during one week, it made it so much easier for me to make sure I wasn't forgetting things, wasn't forgetting to follow up with someone, something didn't get pushed to the wayside because another emergency came up and I just forgot about all the other things I had to do. Having a regular to-do list for the week and then being able to break that down into what you're going to do during the day is so helpful for organization. It's helpful for managing your time better, task batching where you can, and don't underestimate this. Whether, again, you do it in a template or you do it on a notepad or your iPad or whatever, having a regular to-do list that you are tracking every single day, super simple, super important. The next benefit of task tracking is highlighting your accomplishments at work. You do so much at work that you probably completely forgot about throughout the year. If you don't write it down and keep track of it and highlight the accomplishments that you are achieving, you know, then you put yourself in a position at the end of the year where it's a lot harder for you to advocate for yourself. Having a list of accomplishments, super great when it's time for promotions and you're like, well, if you're not gonna promote me after I did all these things, Okay, fine, you can use that to update your resume and then go get a new job. Next is enabling you to easily and more clearly articulate all your work. Being able to articulate what you do is so key when it comes to interviewing, updating your resume, or again, 
advocating for yourself when you are up for either a raise or a promotion, or if somebody just asks you what you do. Somebody asks you what you do and you don't really have an answer. You're like, I do all these, all a bunch of things. Like, come on, that's not really a good way to explain, again, how valuable you are at work. And your value is super important, especially during times of economic uncertainty. Obviously, task tracking isn't gonna prevent you from getting laid off if that is what your company is doing. That being said, task tracking is going to put you in a position of power if you do get laid off and you need to update your resume really quickly or you're getting interviews and you need to really convey how great you are to an employer. So that's kind of the last um, benefit is helping you advocate for yourself. This is a lesson that's really hard to learn. This is a lesson that I struggled with when I first started working a corporate job early on in my career. You are your own best advocate. If you don't advocate for yourself, nobody else is going to. Relying on your manager to advocate on your behalf is a really poor strategy. You cannot expect people in a corporate job or really ever to have your back. You need to be your own best advocate and if you're not gonna do it, nobody else is going to. It's a tough pill to swallow. Once you realize that implementing a task tracking system is going to help you become your own best advocate and that it really doesn't take a lot of time, I promise you, you are going to feel so much more confident at work. So if you do not have a task tracking system, there's never been a better time to implement one. I do have a template that you can use. It's called the Own Your Career Template. It's $20. It's always on my page. Um, you don't have to use it. You can create your own in Google Sheets or you can create your own system. A lot of times people will tell me that they can use Asana or Todoist or whatever. Notion is also great. I personally don't use Notion just because to me, the lift on learning how to use it is way too high. I'd rather just use tools that I already know how to use. And yeah, so pick whatever tool you want. Again, I offer one if you wanna use software or an app or whatever, do that. As long as you're doing this, that's really what's most important. So the first thing you're gonna do is create your weekly to-do list. Okay, so what are all the projects you have to work on this week? What are the meetings you have? What do you have to prepare for? Then you wanna make sure that as you're going through all of these different tasks for the week, you are tracking when they're complete, but also that when they are complete, you are noting the value add of the task. So what is that task doing for the business? So it could be super obvious or it could not be obvious. Remember, not every task, like sending an email, not always gonna have value. But for the high level tasks that you're doing, the big things that you're working on, the big projects, reports, whatever that is for your specific role, that's where you want to focus on doing the value add. Don't get caught up in doing value add for like little things that you can't think of anything. Think about the big ones, okay? That's always a question I get or like pushback I get. Think critically here, okay? I know I have to be super cut and dry and clear a lot of the times, but focus on the big tasks. So it could be, here are just a few examples, enabling somebody else to do their job. So for example, maybe you run a report that's used in a meeting that your manager uses in a meeting to, to present something to an executive team. You know, think through the three, four steps that come beyond just the task that you're doing. 
Um, an obvious one could be increasing revenue. Maybe you're in sales, so you are generating revenue for the business, or maybe you work in marketing, so you're increasing brand awareness with XYZ campaign that's going to hopefully convert into XYZ amount of sales. Okay, think three, four steps ahead if you're able to. It could be providing insight to a particular area of the business. So really try to think, what is the work I'm doing having in, what impact is the work I'm doing having on the business? Think about impact, quantify it where you can. The next thing you're gonna wanna do is to make sure you're tracking unplanned asks as they come up, as well as follow up. So a lot of times at work, you're gonna get a ping from someone who says like, oh, can you help me with this? Unplanned ask might be outside of the scope of your role. That's totally fine. You know, sometimes you just have to do it anyways. Write this down. Great learning opportunity. If it is outside the scope of your role, it shows that you are a team player. And it also is another thing that you're working on that could turn into an an accomplishment. And it's really important to write it down. So make sure you're doing that. And then the last tip here is to make sure you're collecting feedback as you get it. So if you get an email that's like, great job on this project, you know, the CEO loved it, whatever, again, whoever was in charge of your team or whatever the context is of the feedback, make sure you save it. I always had a folder on my phone where I would save down emails or I would take screenshots of people telling me good job and save it into that folder. So I had it again to advocate for myself in performance conversations or to remember who to go to when I needed someone to do like a year end review or reflection on me. That was something we had to do where we had to like reach out to people and say, hey, can you like provide me a review at the end of the year? They would provide feedback. Really good to have that. And also if you get negative feedback to track it in your tool, regardless of what it is, and then also track how you've addressed that feedback when you actually get to a point where you're able to address it. Keeping all of this in one place is so helpful. It shows growth, it shows that you're a team player, it shows that you're bringing something to the table, and it's just another thing for you to add to your toolkit for advocating for yourself in the workplace. So to wrap up this section around task tracking, I know that it sounds like a lot, but you really wanna think about creating a system here in order to do it. So you only need one tool. Again, you can get the Own Your Career template. You can choose to do Asana, ClickUp, Todoist, Notion, a pen and paper, a digital planner, whatever you wanna do. Choose one tool that you're gonna use for the entire year. Start fresh, it's January, it's the first week of the year. There's never been a better time to do this and set yourself up and just get into the habit of, you know, building this system around how you are going to start advocating for yourself at work and promoting all of the accomplishments and showing the value that you have. You only need five minutes a day to do all of this. I know it sounds like a ton of work, but it's really not, okay? It's five minutes in the morning, writing out your to-do list, making sure all of the loose ends from the day before are tied up, and then it's five minutes at the end of the day where you are thinking about all of the different things that you've worked through during the day, and all of the different things that you need to do tomorrow. So don't let yourself get overwhelmed by tracking so many different things. If you're doing it five to 10 minutes every single day, it's not that hard. It's not a ton of time and you probably spend more time scrolling on your phone during the workday, so you definitely have the time to do it. The next thing that we are going to talk about is setting boundaries at work. This is a big one because a 
a lot of times, you know, you end up in a position at work where you didn't set a boundary with your manager or with your team and you have way too much on your plate and it's really hard to come back from that. So I think starting the new year off by having a conversation with your manager or your team or whoever is important to you and also just like with yourself about what you want out of your career and like how you want to approach work during the year, very, very, very important. So here are a couple of things that you can think about. So first would be timing and your schedule. So when are your working hours? You know, maybe you don't get to choose them, but when are the hours of the day where you are going to be sitting at your desk working? When can your manager expect to reach you? And when can your manager expect to not get a reply? So especially with work from home, this is something that I struggled with a lot. And I think that a lot of people still struggle with is setting the difference in working hours between when you're working and when you're not working, when you work from your house. So for me, what I used to do was my working hours were eight to five. I would not respond to emails outside of that time. I would not be available on Teams. I would set myself to away. And outside of that period of time, I was not reachable. If I was still working, that would that's one thing. Like, Or if there was a specific situation where there was a deadline or whatever. But after I crossed that threshold, you know, I was done working. This was something that was hard for me too when I moved to LA because I was working East Coast hours on the West Coast. So obviously my timeline was a little bit different. I would sign on for work around six. I would end around two or three. But a lot of people were disrespectful of that and would book times for meetings like before six o'clock. So in the five o'clock hour for me, which like that's not fair to me. That's not respectful of my time or because my workday ended Pacific time around two or three o'clock, they'd be like, oh, well, you have plenty of time to continue doing this where, you know, they forgot that I had been working since 6 a.m. So making sure that you set boundaries with your manager around what your working hours are, when you're reachable and when you're not reachable and when you're not willing to work on a regular basis. Again, there's always extenuating circumstances. Super, super, super important. Super important. I cannot emphasize enough how important you need or how important this is and how important it is to communicate it. You cannot be afraid to communicate a boundary to your manager. This is a life skill that you need to have and you need to sort of just suck it up and learn how to advocate for yourself and say what you need to say to your manager. It doesn't have to be confrontational. It doesn't have to be a difficult conversation. It's just in your one-on-one when you're doing your goals or you're you know, talking about team dynamics or whatever, because those conversations tend to come up a lot during the year. It's just saying, hey, want to make sure I'm clear with you around, you know, working hours and stuff. Like I'm under the guise that my working hours are, you know, eight to five, nine to six. And just want to be clear that like outside of that time, I am working on other things or, you know, pursuing hobbies in my personal life. And so I'm not available for, you know, consistent working outside of this time period super normal. If your manager's not responsive to that, you know, that's more of a them problem than it is a you problem, but you have to stick to it. Next are work apps on your phone and notifications as well. So I used to have teams and I used to have my work email on my phone. I still do have my work email on my phone, um, obviously, but I think 
thinking about notifications and apps that are actually necessary for you to have on your phone is super important. So when I was working corporate, I had teams on my phone and I realized after a while, all it was doing was causing more stress. Like I would be, for example, taking a lunch break, super normal thing to do, going on a walk during that time. And I'd be getting messages from people being like, hey, do you have five minutes? Hey, can you do this? And it would make me feel like I couldn't take that break because I needed to respond to them right away, but I wasn't at my desk. And it would just cause so much anxiety and so much unnecessary stress. Or I would wake up and see that somebody messaged me and they were already working and I hadn't logged in yet because again, I was in LA and they were in Boston. And so I ended up deleting Teams off my phone and I told my manager that and I said, I can't have this app on my phone because me getting messages about it when I'm not physically sitting at my desk is giving me anxiety because I can't address them. So like there's no reason for me to be seeing those messages when I'm not sitting at my desk anyways. Like if I can't actually work on them, then why am I getting the message directly to me? So if that's something that you've struggled with or that you do struggle with, I'd recommend either turning those notifications off or deleting it off your phone. Same with email. Like if you are in the kind of job where you can't really address emails unless you're sitting at your desk, you do not need to have email on your phone. I think getting rid of apps, work apps on your phone too really helps enforce the boundary of your working hours and your schedule in the time during the day where you are and are not available for work and for replying. The next are meetings and focus time boundaries. So think about like if you're able to, I know this is hard because um, you don't always have control over when meetings get put on your calendar, but like if you can concentrate your meetings to maybe one to three days during the week and give yourself focus time or maybe concentrate your meetings to the morning and give yourself focus time in the afternoon or vice versa if you'd rather have your focus time in the morning or that could be putting blocks on your calendar, whether it be every day or blocking a full day every week for no meetings in specific focus time that say like, do not book me during this time. People will respect that generally. If they don't, then you can just respond to the meeting and say, hey, this time doesn't work for me. Like, let's find a different time. If you are in a job where your whole day is meetings and then you don't have time to actually do your work until after work, you are setting yourself up to burn out and get really, really resentful at your job. Um, I think it's important to think about boundaries here around workload. If like, for example, you are in meetings five days a week from nine to five and your workload is too much, meaning you can't get your work done during that day, then you need to figure out how to reprioritize your meetings, how to decline meetings that you don't need to be in, and how to make sure you can fit your work into normal working hours the majority of the time. The majority of the time is key. There's always gonna be times at work where you're busier than you are during other times, but like you shouldn't be consistently in a cycle of not being able to finish your work during your working hours because you're in too much meetings or too many meetings or because your workload's too heavy. So thinking about meetings and focus time and boundaries around that, super important. Again, you need to be able to communicate this with your manager. And if you feel like you can't, then you need to find somebody else on your team, hopefully your manager's manager or someone that you can communicate this with that can help you sort of enable this and have this conversation. The last point here that I want to make with boundaries is how, and I said this, but how important it is to communicate these boundaries clearly. So many issues at work 
come to light or arise in general because of the lack of communication about these things. Like if your manager expects you to be available all the time, but you aren't because you're a normal person who has other things that you have to do outside of work, you need to communicate that boundary. If you don't communicate the boundary, your manager is going to continue to behave in the way that they feel is appropriate. And you need to be the one to say, hey, this isn't working for me. Advocating for yourself in this way, setting the boundary will make you more productive at work. It will empower you to get your work done in a set period of time. And it will also help you prioritize. And if you're early on in your career, this can be an intimidating process, but setting the tone early is like the most important thing that you can do. It will have an enormous impact on your career, how people treat you, how people approach you, what people ask of you. And it's super, super important. So make sure you communicate, find someone on your team that you can communicate to that can help you if you struggle with communicating with your manager. And to be completely honest, if you have a manager who's like a brick wall and isn't responsive to any of this, you gotta find a new job because your manager is going to make or break your experience at work. If you have a shitty manager, you're gonna have a shitty experience. So use that as the information you need to figure out your next step if you don't feel like you're in a position where you can have a healthy, productive, normal, adult conversation with your manager about these things. That's the other thing too that I wanna say that I feel like in corporate is like really dicey. You and your manager and like you and your team and you in general, like you're all adults. So you should be able to have these conversations. And if you can't have these conversations, your work environment is probably toxic and you've got to find a new place to work, which I understand is like easier said than done, but you at least need to be starting to take the steps to either move to a different team, get a different manager, get a different job, because it's not a healthy environment to be in, especially if you're in a position where you want to be implementing these boundaries and you don't want to be a slave to your job. The last section here that we're gonna talk about is updating your resume. So your resume obviously is a very important tool in your career for marketing yourself. That's essentially what it is. It's a sheet that you give to employers or you give to someone who's going, who's going to give to an employer all of the information they need to know about why they should hire you. So that could include education, that could include all of your work experience, personal experiences that are important, maybe scholarships you've had, you know, important projects that you've worked on, side businesses that you have, if you'd like to include that, skills that you've developed. So you wanna make sure that you take time at the beginning of the year to update your resume to be reflective of your work experience from 2022. I always recommend updating your resume twice a year just because it can be hard to take a full break, like over a year break from even looking at your resume and then going back and updating it with relevant, important information. If you do this, iteratively over you know every six months every year once a year twice a year it'll be a lot easier for you to like pivot if you find yourself in a situation where you desperately need a new job you got laid off or you're just ready for a change i think you know task tracking as well sort of helps with updating your resume because if you have a list of everything you've been working on you have a summary of all of your accomplishments and the value that your different tasks have brought to the table. You can go back through your task tracker and then cherry pick things that you wanna put on your resume, hone them, refine them into being like one or two sentences that really showcase what you have to bring to the table, what you've been working on, all the skills that you have. So 
Um, I do actually have a YouTube video about updating your resume, so make sure you go check that out. I'll link it in the description, but if you haven't updated your resume since 2021 or in the last six months, here is your sign to go back and spend an hour this weekend, sometime this week if you have some downtime updating your resume. And here's your reminder that if you are not task tracking at work, you need to start. I am going to wrap up this episode here. As always, you can get the personal finance dashboard for $10 off using the code podcast one. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend. Don't forget to go leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and I will catch you in the next one.